This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. Normally on this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. But today, I'm doing something a little different. But first off, if this is your first time here, welcome. I really hope you enjoy the podcast series, and I hope you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to follow us on social media, you can by going to facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. We're on Twitter at Cascadian Beer and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. So this bonus episode of the podcast, I'm calling the Passport Series. I've been traveling the world recently and been meeting some interesting breweries and, you know, felt kind of bad that I didn't talk to them and find out what's different about making beer in their local part of the world. So I recently took a trip out of Cascadia to explore a new part of the world, and I found myself in Iceland, where craft beer is starting to take off in the country. Beer above 2% ABV was actually illegal in Iceland until 1989, and on top of that, there's not much agriculture to speak of in the country. So, I was curious to find out how much of the craft beer scene has grown in that small amount of time and what sorts of challenges they face in making beer in Iceland. I visited a local brewery with a team behind it who started out importing craft beer. I sat down with Malbec Brewing. I'm Inge. Andre. I'm Steini. And uh, I'm in Iceland, which is definitely not the Pacific Northwest. And uh, where are we at the moment? What is the name of this brewery? So, yeah, this is Malbec Mm-hmm. And uh, what's what's the meaning of that name? It's actually just a made-up word. We came together, a few of us wanted to find a good name for a brewery, and it took quite a while, but we ended up with a made-up name from, like, Icelandic barley is pick. So it's, and when you malt a barley, it's a malapik. So it's almost, in a way, made-up word from that, and also... Very similar to another word in Iceland, that is that what we drive on, like asphalt. So that refers to when the people from the countryside talk about going to the city, they go to Malpig or are you from Malpigit, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the from the city center? So we wanted to say we are just guys from city city, city brewery. From, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So. Um, You've you've been open a year uh, for this particular brewery, but you guys have been involved in craft beer a lot longer than that. You started importing beers into Iceland, right? Yeah. Yeah. We started uh, to import in 2011. Mm-hmm. Started off with Mikeller and then have added some brands to our portfolio f- since then. Um, soon after Mikeller came Brutak, Tuval, yeah, many more mm-hmm. owners. Yeah, so a lot of uh, North American beers, and I mean, it's kind of it should be fairly easy to get European beers out here, but like yeah, we started out with European beers, like I said, uh, Mikeller, Brutal, and then Omnipolo, and a few others. But the only two American beers we have are Stone Brewing Company and Founders, and but we actually take the Stone beers from Berlin. And with Stone, like pretty early on, when we had like Mikeller, Brutal, and we actually contacted Stone. I wanted to have them from the U.S. 
but at that time they didn't want to export from there just because of freshness issues and stuff. But when it opened up in Berlin, it made sense for us to take it from there. Yeah, I was in Finland last summer and had my first stone from the Berlin brewery. And I'm like, well, this is weird. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, craft beer, uh, how did craft beer really start in Iceland? Because it seems like it's a fairly newish phenomenon here. When we started up 2011, it wasn't that much of craft beer in the store. There were some Belgian beers and and stuff. The hoppy beers were quite new then here mm-hmm. in Iceland. And I don't remember the time Pork Brugus opened up that yeah, also. Similar, similar time. time they uh, started out with brewery. the first IPA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at that time, things started to move. It moved quite slowly. But the new guy here, <laughs> Steine, <laughs> has just started working here with us. He actually opened up the first craft beer bar. Uh, here in Iceland in 2012. And that helped us out a lot because we wanted to, because this wasn't a big business for us. We were not making any money off it, but we wanted to keep on importing new and exciting stuff because Mm -hmm. there was nothing available here. Mm -hmm. So this way we could just have a few cases of a lot of different stuff. And most of it was sold at at Microbar. Mm -hmm. So, and that was the name of uh, your craft beer bar? Yeah, Microbar opened up in yeah, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we started our relationship, and now I have joined the team. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a revolution that had to happen, I think. Right. <laughs> so how was the how was those first few years of opening up Microbar? Like, uh, what was the local response, or was it mostly tourists that were coming in? Uh, I mean, 2012, the tourist bomb kind of didn't really. It, it had started, but it wasn't that big though. It was tough in the beginning. It was really tough in the beginning, especially the first winter. The first winter was like, was horrible completely. But then it kind of picked up. I think the beer revolution, if you can put it in that way, or the craft revolution kind of hit off quite quite soon after that. And after that, we were packed every single night, every day, lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's kind of 2013. So what, what was pre-craft in Iceland was it just like two brands and that was it like just a lager and a pale ale from some big brewery and yeah yeah Yeah. a lot of of different macro lagers basically and then a few Belgian beers maybe Mm -hmm. yeah because of the wine service government run uh, there were some brands like but but yeah as as we say like not maybe really focusing on what was new and exciting and then there are two big breweries in Iceland and they were the main Icelandic brands. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember how many brewers there were at that time. But it's also the beer was only allowed, like was illegal in Iceland until 1989. Right. So it's, we are a bit behind. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like you're making up a lot for lost <laughs> time. <catching> here. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, how did the brewery come about, come about then? Um, did you guys like, just one day, like, hey, let's just open a brewery. Like, we're importing, but why don't we make it local? Uh, me and Inge have always wanted to to have this as a part of the of the, of the company. It works well together. We we have been home, had been home brewing for like seven years or something, and, and we are brothers. Yeah, and friend of our Berker, he's the uh, head brewer. He's a very good brewer and was working at another brewery here. And this idea came up, and I'm not actually sure. What year we started homebrewing? Probably 2012, 13, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. 2011, I believe. Yeah, yeah or 2011. Mm-hmm. And did that for quite a while with uh, one friend with a friend of us, Gunnar. He brewed with us and 
in the end, we were like always trying to do better and better and better. We were really focused on doing good beers. Most of our beers that we did those first years just got down the drain. Mm-hmm. Because we like, if it's not better than what we are drinking every day that we are importing, we don't want to drink it. Like we were really focused on trying to make a good beer. And like in the end, we were like, we want to try to do something. Right. And, and so how hard was it to get uh, just basic homebrew supplies in, in the beginning? And has Very that easy. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. There is, this guy has a shop brew, brew.is and he just... Has it all, all you need? Yeah, well, in the first, the first year want. we started home brewing, he was actually uh, open like one hour a day or something. And he was um, had all the stuff in his parents' basement uh, or his uh, their garage. Always on Wednesdays. But now he yeah. has like this pretty big, uh, big space. And, it's a lot, like, and we, we are actually buying a lot of our supplies through him now. Right. So he's supplying to the breweries as well. And so then like, where do your uh, raw ingredients come from? Because I don't think there's a lot of agriculture in this country to support brewing. No, so. it's all imported. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So the barley from uh, Germany, uh, hops mostly from the US and... We, we get barley from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We take hops from him and also we have taken some hops ourselves. So, and then like, uh, one of the other challenges of brewing here would be, um, just the water itself, right? Like how much work has to go into changing the water? Well, the so. water here is really soft, so it's really easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So add some minerals in there and you get what you want to get out of it. Okay. Yeah, man. And so what are, what are some of the challenges of brewing in Iceland then, um, compared to breweries you've seen in North America and Europe. Of course, the market's quite small and brewing styles like we mainly do New England IPAs and hoppy beers. We don't want to have them travel <laughs> like too much. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we want to try to have it all just on our market, even though exporting some would be cool also. So how far is your reach now? Like, are you all over the country or is it just pretty much in Reykjavik? There are some great bars around Iceland. Smithy and Brookus just opened up a small brewery pizza place in Kveragerdi, uh, one bar in Akure, uh, one at Holar. So we there are there are a few, uh, few few places that we investment brewery there, Brothers Brewery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are, there are certain places that we ship outside the Reykjavik area, but the majority of it is here in Reykjavik. And most of our cacks are here. And so um, you mentioned New England IPAs. Like what are some, is that mainly the style you focus on or do you have some little fun projects on the side that you like to do? We mainly focus on doing cattle sours, IPAs or hop, hop, IPA session IPAs. Yeah, all that category. And then we have a program like doing Imperial Stouts, but all of our Imperial Stouts went into barrel when we did them the first time. So... We have only released one Imperial Stout, and that was the first one we did with Kex Brewing and Cycle Brewing mm-hmm. last year. Well, there's one coming up pretty soon, which will be the first non-barrelist Imperial yeah. Stout. And then we do have some some beers that have been sitting on some bugs and bread for a year now, uh, four red wine barrels and four white wine barrels. And also, like we, we put just IPA or Session IPA or Double IPA on the labels, even though we use quite a lot of hops and we use actually New England strain in them. But yeah, we call them IPAs, at least on the labels. Right. And then is there a uh, particular Icelandic style of beer? Is there like a, a local type of brew or is that just not come about yet? 
for Iceland in general. Yeah, yeah. Lager. Lager. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, no, there's no. I mean, no, no. I mean, the market is so. The market in Iceland is around in the sales in the liquor store and bars is around ten percent microbreweries or craft breweries. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't come farther than that. It's only around ten percent. So, I mean, when it comes to Icelandic style of beer, I would say lager. Uh, yeah, as boring mm -hmm. as, as it sounds, it's it's probably the right thing. Are there any like um, local ingredients that you've uh, incorporated into beer, like any berries or herbs or anything like that? And that's, well, that's... All, the, all the fruits, fruit purees and stuff that comes from France, you get it frozen purees. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, it's not, not much. No, I mean. But we also, we haven't really had the chance to do like berries and stuff uh, because of how our tanks are, are set up. Mm -hmm. But we are getting a new like bright tank, which we're going to have only for sour beers, which will give us more flexibility with adding like real fruit. I mean, no, there is no certain Iceland ingredient that at least has not become a style in Iceland. Like this is what you need mm -hmm. to do something really Icelandic. I know Borg has been using like Blodberg. Arctic time. Yeah, Arctic, Arctic time, yeah. Well, now they're starting to do a lot of, they're trying, uh, they're using, many Icelandic brewers are using skir to sour their cattle sour yeah, beers. Actually, oh, yeah, that could and be they, in they a way. Are, they are for the craft having beers. it named skir sour, yeah. trying yeah. to have it as a so new kind I, of style. I actually, I actually tried one last night and that was, that was interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we actually, we are probably, I, I think, most craft brewers in Iceland use skir to kettle sour their beers. Uh, mm -hmm. We haven't been doing it uh, just because we have liked the way we do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, we just we use, started using this uh, sour mix from Lalemant, which is basically a lacto mix, and it worked out well for us. Yeah. So for uh, listeners, uh, what is skir? Skir is actually just pretty Icelandic yogurt. Uh, it's it's a little bit thicker, but it's quite like really Icelandic. Uh, it's it has a sour notes to it. Is it is it goat based or cow based or it's cow based and yeah, yeah. actually like I think they do it similar to like uh, like it's similar as sourdough. The how they make it first, I'm not really sure how they do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's made out of milk, made or cow product. It's healthy. It's good. Uh, it has a lot of protein in it. A lot of protein. It has pretty much has a really clear lactose in it uh, that you can use. And you actually, it's it has more protein than standard yogurt. Okay, it's kind of what we grew up eating. Right, I mean, like very thick. Yeah, probably. really thick. I mean, this is <laughs> when I was a young kid. This is literally what we ate for breakfast. We ate it for lunch. I mean, I mean. My son doesn't eat it that much today. I mean, almost, almost nothing. But this is what we grew up mm -hmm. eating. And the generation older than us and even older than that. And I think actually you can get, uh, like in the US, there is this Sigis Skir. Yeah. That's an Icelandic guy who opened up Skir uh, production there. And it's quite huge, I think, today. Sold. So Yeah, he sold, but it's, it's, it's pretty huge today. So He's but probably one of the richest guys from Iceland. <laughs> okay. yeah. and most of the skier on the market today is, uh, has a lot of different fruits and a lot of sugar and stuff, but mm -hmm. like the traditional skier has no sugar and it's pretty sour. And yeah, because the one that I tried last night, like the nose on it, I mean, you I probably don't have this breakfast cereal, but it was uh, kind of like fruity pebbles. Like it was just like this weird mm -hmm. fruit smell to it. You should, so. you should try just hreint skier, which is clean skier. Okay. It's like, and yeah, you should definitely try just on the airport. You can buy skier there. 
on okay. the tour of it. Just try it. I mean, it's it's. Maybe I'll get some for lunch. There we go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, it's literally as traditional as it gets in Iceland. Yeah. In and a way. I, if I were you, I would take the the clean one and put some sugar in it and maybe some milk. Then it's that's yeah. that's how it was okay. when you when you had skier when you were younger. You had like the clean one with some sugar and you put it a lot of sugar in it because it was sour and. Mm-hmm. All right, so if I if I come back in a year, then uh, do you think skier beers will be like all the rage here, and it'll be the new market beer? Maybe. No, it will no. not take like sours are never gonna be the go-to beer for the public, but you will probably see maybe see more of it. But still, mm-hmm. it's more like the craft breweries are doing it, and that's the way craft breweries in Iceland are souring their beers. Yeah, I think I think if you come back in a year, I don't think it will be more out there but it will definitely kind of maybe have become a bigger name mm-hmm. uh, there are most of the breweries today that are making skier sours are like marking them as not just a kettle sour but they're marking them as a skier sour with blueberries with rhubarb mm-hmm. or with whatever right. fruit they want to put in it that really sounds like i'm really trying to define what an icelandic style beer is so there yeah. maybe yeah. 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 yeah maybe you have it there um, yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean if you take a look at the market i mean 10 percent craft beer mm-hmm. maybe one percent of that is sour right so it's a pretty small percent of of probably eight percent or something mm-hmm. like this. And I mean ten percent, yeah, probably. And ten percent for the population size here that seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, of course, yes, I, it could be bigger. And it, it might grow. be even more than ten percent today. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was bigger. I thought it was probably around twenty percent, but that was kind of just my gut feeling. I had no numbers about it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a guy called Olurunar um, at Borgbrukus, and he said. It, it, it actually surprised him. It's ten percent of the market, right. uh, but I mean, I have no numbers. It's- no, no. So, uh, what's happening with the brewery from here? Are you getting a couple new tanks? I mean, uh, are there like expansion plans? Are you? Gonna- uh, yeah, we will. At least we are now waiting for our like sour tank, if you can call it that. It's actually we have like four white wine barrels and four red wine barrels full of beer uh, that are ready to get into tank, but we don't want to put it into the brewery where all of our other beers go to. So we are waiting for one tank that's going to be a little bit separated from the other one mm-hmm. on the on the other side in the brewery on the other side of the wall. And that one is going to be something where we can put those bacterias that we don't want in the other tanks. Yep, yep. So that's our first expansion. So ho- and maybe hopefully adding like one, two other tanks so we can mm-hmm. produce a little bit more. And then uh, if I was to say uh, a Canadian beer, what, what's a Canadian beer that comes to mind for you guys that you know of? Moosehead. <laughs> that's actually like, <laughs> yeah. that's probably the only Canadian craft, the lager that has been in the wine stores. At yeah, least. and that has been around we, actually. It has been for, it's probably for 10 years in the liquor store. But then we took some from the Mortal something. Yeah, we did, we did a, we did a event, what, a year ago, two years ago? Uh, two years ago. Uh, so we did a Quebec Tap Tegor. I was managing Mikeller Bar at that time. Uh, so we got in a ton of really interesting breweries uh, from from that area. Mm-hmm. How many breweries off the top of your head, like craft breweries, are there in the country at the moment? Here. Yeah, in, in, in Iceland. Yeah. There are 30, 33 breweries in Iceland. Okay. Uh, yeah, 33, 33 craft breweries in Iceland. There are are in the association of uh, the Icelandic craft breweries. Uh, some of them are gypsy brewers. Uh, mm-hmm. Not all of them are in there. I would say operating today around 40, 40 breweries. 
or 40 companies that are I would have to list them up to remember how many, but yeah, something like 14, 15, I don't know. Right. And that's, that's counting also like all, all brew pups and, and. Right. Right. So now a lot of establishments to come out of nowhere since 89. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And even if you had asked, asked us two years ago, it would have been way less than less, 10. Yeah. Less than 10. Two years yeah. Ago. Wow. I mean, and so, yeah. So your main market is the local people. Uh, and then obviously tourism plays a big role in that too. I mean, does the beers you design kind of influenced by tourism at all? No, we, we only want to just brew what we think are, it's just like our favorite styles at the moment. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah. we, we don't focus on trying to do something like, Icelandic or something that would catch tourists' eyes. We we rather just just make as good as we possibly can, and, and hopefully people like it. Yeah, because you live here, you want to drink. Yeah, it every we day. we don't <laughs> care if it's just tourists. We like make, rather the the Icelandic people like if they like it, we we're happy. All right, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. I mean, really appreciate it. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, talk right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Huge thank you to the guys at Malbec Brewing. Really appreciate their time. Uh, they have delicious beers and can't wait to go back to visit them again. And uh, sorry, guys, for slaughtering Icelandic. But, uh, you know, first time in the country. I got, uh, I'll practice. I'll practice next time. <laughs> uh, this is the Cascadian Beer Podcast. This is the bonus special edition thing that I'm just starting out here on the podcast series called Passport, where I'm exploring breweries outside of Cascadia. So not going to be a frequent thing, but, you know, when... It happens and I get get to make it happen, uh, then an episode will come out of it. I really hope that you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. It makes it so that you'll never miss an episode whenever it's released. And I hope you follow us on social media at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer, on Twitter at Cascadian Beer, and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. This episode was made possible by our patrons on Patreon. And thank you so much to uh, those patrons that we have over there at the moment. Uh, They've been getting some stickers in the mail. And you can too by going to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. For more information about this episode, uh, previous episodes, and to see a photo of me with the guys from Malbec Brewing, head over to the website cascadian.beer. Thank you so much again for your time. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.